Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, I'm Megan Segura. And I'm Eric J. Mack. And this is The Daily Dish, Bravo's official podcast. So I wanted to welcome back to the podcast, Vice President of Current Production, Shiana Mix. Shiana, hi. Hi, thanks for having me back. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, good. Now, you have been on the podcast before, but just in case for those who may have not caught that episode. Can you explain what you do at Bravo? Well, first off, I think they definitely need to do a rerun or something. I mean, it was (laughs) phenomenal. Like seriously. (laughs) Best interview ever. Yes. No, um, I, I work for Bravo. Actually, I'm with the NBC Universal family and, um, I get the opportunity to work on non-scripted, um, content. Um, but pretty much if somebody like my family who has no idea what I do. If they, if they were to say, what do I do every day? And so I start with a production company. We work with them. We find the best showrunners and producers that fit great. And then I support them as they go out into the field and they shoot um, these fun shows that we all grow to love. Once the show has been filmed, I then work with the production company's post teams and we get to watch the footage first. I watch the footage, we give notes on it, we figure out ways to really tell the stories. How can we break down the stories and make sure the audience is feeling as though they are involved with them. And then, um, you know, after that, let's get it on the air. Well, one of the shows you oversee is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So I feel like we need to start there because season one was so good, I think, a lot of fans were worried there was no way season two could possibly live up to it. I think we were very wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I had that same kind of a maybe concern um, because it was so good and it was so funny and the women were just amazing. Like you couldn't get a better cast. Right. And so a large part of me was like, how can we replicate magic? And they're just as magical as they were last season. They have so much to say to each other. They're so incredibly funny. The drama that we all love to watch last season that is serious, but then sometimes it's just 
the, their approach to it is just kind of kooky and entertaining. We have all of that as well. And this season we are, you know, we've added a new cast member and she comes with a host of viewpoints and different story as well. So we're very grateful. Season two is amazing. I love watching it, um, working on it. And I'm glad the fans are really, really um, taking to it. Yeah. How much do you actually interact with the ladies? So because of COVID, um, I unfortunately last season did not get to travel to Utah, but usually I do try to go out there a couple of times during production to just kind of make sure everything is, is on track and that the ladies know that the network is there if they need them, but also watching them just in case their behavior goes a little bit too far. Um, this year, because of COVID, you know, that relationship just had to transition a little bit. So I actually feel like if anything, we are super close now because they all have my cell phone number and they all call me and text me all the time. Oh, double-edged sword. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, if I could just see all you guys together, like for a week, it will buy me a, a lot more time. But um, I tell them that, you know, my goal is to always represent them in the full capacity in which I can. So I get that we as people make mistakes. And so there's quite possibly something that they say or do that they look back on and like sheerly embarrassed about. They're like, I can't believe I did that. But you're not one dimensional. So we'll always offer you the platform to explain why you behave that way. Or if you feel as though you made mistakes, we give you the opportunity to, to redeem yourself, to apologize and to correct them, which is why I really loved how we started out this season, because fans of the show watched the reunion and it was heated. Mm -hmm. And we come back into the season with Jen kind of on an island because she's had so many um, issues with different friend groups. And so I like to call the beginning of the season, the apology tour, where Jen is trying to reclaim her relationships and her friends. And it gives her an opportunity to redeem herself. Yeah. I was so curious about your relationships with them because it has to be a strange position to be in when something like what happened with Jen sort of hits the press. And when you see those headlines, are you thinking about this person that you've gotten to know, or are you thinking about the show? Um, I think we are all people first. We are not our jobs, right? So I think that's one of the things that allowed me to be successful before coming to Bravo when I used to work as a producer and a showrunner. And now that I am um, an executive and overseeing shows, I think that same mandate is, is true for my character. We are people first. So when, when those headlines came out and I wanted Jen to understand that we are not accusing you of anything, we are not a judge or a jury, we are going to continue to have the exact same relationship we have always had. And that's how I approach our relationship. And that's how I approach my relationship with Jen. And, that, and by the way, that's what I do with all my women. Like there's a lot of accusations that come up on the show. And I always let them know that regardless of what is said, regardless of their involvement, you are still a person first. And I've gotten to know you as a person. I enjoy you as a person. And I would love to continue to try to share your personal story. Yeah. I mean, 
obviously a lot of fans have been focusing on Jen because, you know, that that was who we were hearing the most about off season. But I feel like there's so much juicy stuff that's happening with the other ladies this season. Whose journey have you been the most enthralled by? You know, that's such an unfair question. And it's unfair (laughs) because I am engaged in all of them. Like, This is a season, um, at the end of last season with Heather, what we saw was she was really struggling with her faith and trying to find herself as a woman outside of the Mormon church. Well, this season, she has 100% um, made the decision to remove herself from the Mormon church. And we get to see what that looks like with her as a mother, as she tries to raise her children different. We get to see her reconnect with family members that she admit that she cast away because they were, as she called, feral. And they weren't um, the perfect Mormon and she just didn't want to engage with them. So we get to see her rebuild relationships from with siblings that she hasn't seen in years. And it's kind of fascinating to just see her growth and how strong she is as a woman. So of course I love that, right? Because like women empowerment, let's go. Um, but then like, I love to see Whitney getting a voice like last season you can tell she was still a little unsure of herself these women were older than her she was still trying to find her voice but this season Whitney finds her voice she stands up her and Lisa have issues later on you see her and Mary where she has confrontation with Mary she stands up for who she is in a much different way she's not scared Whitney anymore or it doesn't come across that way which makes me so excited to follow her journey um And then we look at Meredith. Last season, Meredith's relationship, her marriage was in total turmoil. This season, it's like, they look like they're on like a runway fashion show when they step up at the casino party, her and Seth. They are loving each other and figuring out how to love each other in a way that works for them. And maybe that doesn't mean they live together 365 days. Um, But we get to see how that relationship works for them. But we also get to see Meredith took some crap last season that she does not ever want to take again. And we get to see Meredith have a voice and she stands up for her opinions and her beliefs and her family. And that's like exciting within itself. And then with like the the relationship with Meredith and Lisa that we've known so tight last season, we've seen a shift in relationships because it's actually this season, Meredith and Mary are like BFFs. Like you, no one saw it coming. So it's so funny to see their friendship and just kind of see how they care about one another, how they talk to one another. And Mary is Mary, you know, she still has her funny, her funny comments and her funny things, but she's going through things as well. She's about to be an empty nester. Her son is graduating or he's graduated and he's going to leave the home. And she doesn't know what this world looks like with her and Robert Sr. Because for the past 18 or so years, they've always been focused on their son. So we get an opportunity to tell all of these stories with these women. We get to see Lisa as a businesswoman, but also this time Lisa is really a friend who is caught between other friendships. And she sometimes struggles with figuring out how to balance both. And she often feels misunderstood. So we get a a wonderful ride as she tries to establish her relationships or connect with certain people or express herself and be true to who she is. But I will say the newcomer Jenny, I thought was, I was so pleasantly surprised by 
so much we were able to learn about her. She comes, she's from um, Long Beach, but you know, she was brought here as a refugee and she talks about being brought over on a boat and her family and, the, and, and what she has learned and she's a hustler, but she loves her kids. And we really get an opportunity to discover what her family life is like when her husband wants more children. And we learn that she's had fertility issues in the past and she doesn't want them. And so what happens when your husband wants a bigger family and you don't want a bigger family, but you live in a world where maybe plural marriages are accepted, does that become an option? And that becomes a real discussion and debate that we follow this season um, as they're trying to figure out what's the next steps for their family. I have been so surprised in the most positive way at how open Jenny and her husband are, because I have to assume it's always a gamble when someone new is cast on a show. Like you don't know once they get in front of the cameras, how much are they going to open up? Yeah. Because certainly we've seen people on Bravo before that aren't necessarily totally open about their lives and that hurts them in the end. But Jenny and her husband, I mean, I just feel like, wow, they are really letting it all hang out. I mean, I think it's a combination of two things, right? When you get a new cast member, first off, you half of you is like afraid. Are they going to try to be something they've already watched because the show has mm. been going on, right? Yes. So you're like, are we going to really get who they are or are they going to give us a caricature of who they think we want them to be? And then the other part of it is the part you mentioned. Are they going to be able to... Um, be completely open and transparent. They are walking into a friend group that already has established relationships. Are they going to be a little closed off with them? And I will definitely, you know, applaud not just the women who were very open and accepting to Jenny. I mean, Lisa and Jenny have known each other for years. So I think it really, really made her feel comfortable that she was going into an environment where her friend was already a part of. Um, but the producers also gave her such a wonderful um, welcome and let her know that whatever she wanted to share, they were excited to know. They were like, our producing team for this show in field and post is phenomenal because they really let these women know that you can be yourself and you can be totally comfortable and we support you. And I think sometimes that's what they need. They need to know that like, if you share everything, will I be supported? And hundred percent she was. Yeah. And just if I could request something as much as you can put Jenny's daughter in the show, I would appreciate it. Oh I'm obsessed with her. Can I be her when I grow I love up? Her like, I just want to be so her. much. I'm like telling jokes. I'm like, what did the ocean say? I'm like, really, Shiana, like you're not. <laughs> well, the other show you work on that I really want to talk about is Vanderpump Rules. Um, God, we went so long without them I in know. our lives and, you know, know, thank God they're back. But did you worry that too much time off would hurt fans connection to the group? I worried that too much time off would hurt the show, not necessarily connections to the group. Like the truth of the matter is, is that between cable and streaming and Instagram and social, there's so much content that people can watch. And it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. So my fear was that people would have forgotten how amazing the show is and how awesome this group of friends are. And I thought that they would have like maybe moved on or they now found something to fill that like slot that has been held down by Vanderpump for, you know, eight seasons. They're like, oh, well, I have something else to watch now on Tuesday. And 
that that was the part that made me a little nervous. And that's probably the part that the production company got tired of hearing where I was like, guys, we've been off the air for a long time. We have to remind people why we're great. Right. I mean, to be fair, I don't know that anything can quite fill the Vanderpump rule sized <laughs> hole that was in my heart um, because they're just such a unique <laughs> group. Um, and it's so interesting how it's changed so much. I mean, you know, the, the, where they are in their lives now yes. is, is so different than when we first met them. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. And it needs to say, I'm a thoughtful person. And I appreciate you. And I know exactly what you like. All at the same time. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life, like the pickleballer, the jazz fan, the zen seeker, the artist, or the pasta lover. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there's something for everyone on Etsy. A gifting moment is always around the corner. Whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Gift easy with Gift Mode on Etsy. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had, and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Yes, it's kind of like you. we watched them grow up. I mean, granted, time doesn't stand still for any of us. So we clearly was growing up too or getting older, so they say. Um, but we got to watch them. So it kind of makes you feel like you've grown up with them. And that's, that's a wonderful feeling, right? And so we've seen people work at Serve. And, you know, it was one thing to see like Sandoval behind the bar at Serve and at Villa Blanca and things like that, to see him get Tom Tom. But then this season to see him taking everything he's learned from both of those experiences and going out on his own to launch his own bar with shorts. So we really get to see these amazing chapters in people's lives, right? Like you, we saw Sheena um, in failed relationship after failed relationship. I mean, Sheena started the show as the other woman yeah. to someone, right? Yeah. So, so then we see her with like Shay and you saw that poor marriage completely go down in flames for her. And, and then it was as though it was a, a series of horrible relationships that we just tracked with Sheena. So to come back, and Sheena is happy. She's a mom. She's in love. Her and her daughter do photo shoots with clothes made by Brock because I don't know how Jason Momoa, like he, this lookalike, this Australian, like, you know, hottie actually knows how to run a sewing machine. And 
it's just, it's, it's beautiful. You know, you, I love that we got the chance to grow with these guys. Yeah. You know, I think for fans of Lisa Vanderpump, it was especially hard because we no longer have her on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and I had interviewed Tom and Tom recently, and they said that they felt like the pandemic had sort of changed Lisa. Do you have that same sense? I think the pandemic changed everyone, to be quite right. honest. I think that, you know, pandemic changed the way our quality, our quality of life is, right? Like people want to be happy. People want to enjoy their time. People appreciate being around one another. And I do think that Lisa really much is, especially in this show where these, these people don't work for her anymore. She has an affinity for them in a much different way than we've seen in the past. So the show could have continued with this friend group, but Lisa, and Lisa's not their boss or supervisors anymore, but Lisa has now become like a friend and mentor to them. So there's a softer side. I mean, there's still a laying down the law when people are wrong and calling them out when they're wrong. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can tell the love she has for them is like they are genuinely her children or close family. And so I think the pandemic, that's something that was good for everybody, for you really to have a value in the people that you are spending your time with. Yeah. Well, who has surprised you the most this season, either in a good way or in a bad way? Um, James Kennedy. Oh. He has, you know, I, I really, I, I don't want to sound negative, but the odds were stacked, stacked against James. Let's just be honest. Last time we saw him, he was recently sober. And then the world shut down where he was locked in a home. He wasn't able to travel anymore. He wasn't able to see people. He wasn't able to do his gigs. I thought if a person was dealing with sobriety, that would probably be the biggest struggle for them to maintain sobriety while being in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. And we kick off this show that James is still not drinking. He is, and he has a lease on life. He loves Raquel. He loves his friends. And you can tell that they actually approach and, and they're around James in a much different way. Like they're not on edge because they don't know if he's going to get drunk and like blow up on them. So it's cool to kind of see them with their relationships. But I will say, I think I was most surprised because even though he's sober, he still has a temper. So the alcohol had nothing to do with his vicious tongue or his temper. And we get to see that throughout the season, like James really trying to control his temper and Raquel trying to decide, you know, what she can do to assist, but she's not going to be his cleanup guy. Like James has to do this on, on his own. And so, yeah, he still puts his foot in his mouth. He's still funny and he still blows up. It had nothing to do with alcohol. It was my favorite part of the premiere because it was like James really selling us on like new and improved James. And he sat down with Lisa and he's like, I'm all better. And then she was like, so I'm just going to read you some text that you sent Max and the look <laughs> on his face. I, I, it just, he, it seemed like he had no idea that would ever see the light of day on this show. Oh, for sure. For sure. He's like, oh, I'm busted. And it's great, you know, it's great to, 
especially with him and Raquel's relationship developing and learning, like her family is skeptical about him because of his past antics. And I don't know in the past if I've ever seen someone family be super skeptical on this show. Like we may be skeptical as viewers, like, is this person really changing? Are they going to be a good guy? Are they going to be a chill girlfriend? Are they going to be whatever? But we've never really seen the family um, be skeptical. So that's interesting as well. Yeah. And it seems like families maybe should have been more skeptical of certain people, I think. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, it, when all you see is the negative side of someone, or you see the party side of someone, or you see the inability to commit, then you question, is this the person that you want involved in your family or with your loved one for the rest of their lives? You should question. Now, it doesn't mean that that's all that person has to offer, but you should at least question. Right. Well, I have a bit of a controversial question for you, and I hope okay. you'll be able to answer honestly. Okay. What do you think of the name Schwartz and Sandys? Uh, I, I think they're too cool for that name. Mm -hmm. I do. I think Tom and Tom are two cool cats. I don't think Schwartz and Sandy's is a cool enough name. I feel like it sounds a little like a deli or a sandwich shop um, in a small little beach town, maybe. And I know that whatever their bar is going to be is not going to be small. It's not going to be little and it's not going to be an afterthought. And so I wish they had just a cool name that really represents how cool they are. Sorry, Tom. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you have some new projects coming up and I want you to tell us about those. Yes. So I am doing two shows, both about love, which is awesome because I love love. Um, so, uh, but they're different love shows. So one is Love Match Atlanta and it is about matchmakers in Atlanta, Black matchmakers who are all in the market uh, for selling and putting together love. It's like odd because you never really look at love as a commodity, but these people really have made it a business. And I didn't think matchmaking was this lucrative of a business or this big of a business, but it really is. Like one of the matchmakers charge up to $100,000. Um, wow. a, a lot of them, their going range is at least, you know, 20 to 50. And they have really great success rates. And so when you are a business professional or and you're in a person who is tired of riffraffs and you don't want to deal with the apps and you really just want a person who wants the same types of things you want in life, then that's why these people are in business. So I'm excited about this show. Um, you know, these the matchmakers all know each other. So they have really um, ingrained history and we get a piece of that. So it's a wonderful ensemble show with a cool business aspect that we get to follow. So I'm excited about that one. And um, the next one I have coming out is the, the name is still um, a working title, but right now we're calling it Love Without Borders. And if anybody knows me, they know that I am a crazy social experiment uh, watcher. Like I'm obsessed with Married at First Sight and like I'll watch mm. 90 Day Fiance and um uh love is blind love is blind love is blind yay so I, I watch all of these shows right if there's any kind of show where you can put couples together I'm all in and so this one gives us the same type of 
type of excitement and optimism that you get from these shows. It is putting singles together who are, you know, paired by, you know, experts or somebody other than themselves, because clearly they're not great at dating. And the big hook for this show is it's American singles finding their love in an international space. So their match may not be American. And that's what we're banking on. Just because you're American doesn't mean that the love of your life is also American. So we're going to follow these singles with their international match. And we're going to be in five different countries. And um, we're really excited about it. We're just getting started on pre-pro of it. And this is something that if I wasn't working on, you best believe I would be tuned in to watch. I'm glad you brought that up because I am always curious if, um, you know, your job keeps you from being interested in watching reality TV or docu-series. And it sounds like it doesn't. You've mentioned a bunch you watch. What what else are you watching at the moment? Um, I definitely love television. I love non-scripted TV. Um, me and my fiance do watch Married at First Sight. So I love that show. <laughs> We have a couple, like we have a, a married couple that we watch with them on Wednesdays. We do like married at first sight dinners. And that's so funny. And then we, we talk about like, if the couples are going to make it or not, it's hilarious. So that's a really, really big one for us. But um, I'm old school and I love the challenge on MTV. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will always watch the challenge. I will pretend that I can do any of those physical challenges. <laughs> I cannot. But I'm like, if it was me, I could hold my breath. I cannot hold my breath for two minutes to go under there and, and do a puzzle. I can't, but I still watch it. Um, but I try, what I do is try to watch shows on other networks. And I try to watch as many as possible. When I hear certain shows, um, I do want to watch them because I think it's important to my job for me to know what the competition is doing and what's also just being created, right? Um, and then sometimes I just like things for... I don't know, to feel good or to laugh. Like I love, love on the spectrum. They just came back for season two. Oh, I, good. I, I watched season one and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. And then like, I'll watch, um, on own. I watch. I, gosh, I must be watching a lot of love stuff. I just recently got engaged. So you have to forgive me, but I watch oh. love and marriage hunts. <laughs> and I'll be like, <laughs> I'd be like, do the opposite of everything they're doing, guys. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I'm old. I, I I like everything. I watch Teen Mom, so I can yeah, really Mom. still understand how we're telling those stories. Um, love after lockup on We. Mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. like, I have to know what this train wreck is, and it's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I if if I have the time, I will try to watch almost anything someone recommends to me including Netflix recommending it. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and telling us all about these amazing shows. And by the way, thank you for what you do because you're helping, you know, keep our Bravo addiction going. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I do want to go on record and say, although I watch a lot of shows, my hands down favorite show, even before working for Bravo was Vanderpump Rules. Yep. And so I get very, very excited um, whenever I get a cut, because I feel like a fan again, as opposed to a worker. And when I joined the team here, I felt like 
it had to be fate for me to be here because I was assigned that show. So yes, Vanderpump Rules is the GOAT. And for people who have missed it because we've been gone for so long and didn't know we were back, we're back. Come they back. Are, they, are, <laughs> they are just as kooky and crazy as ever. And they are just as funny and they are just as loving and they haven't missed a beat. So, yeah. Thank you. And remember, watching Bravo isn't a guilty pleasure. It's self-care. Guys, let's keep the conversation going. We want to talk to you all week long. You can find us on Instagram at Bravo Daily Dish. And on Twitter at Bravo TV. Just don't forget to use the hashtag Bravo Daily Dish. Or reach out to us personally. I'm everywhere at Meg Segura. And I'm everywhere at Eric J. Mack. That's E-R-I-K. And if you're on Facebook, join the Daily Dish Facebook group. You can post about what you're watching, your favorite shows, who's your favorite housewife, ask a question, start some drama. There's a lot of good stuff in there, so check it out. You can also learn more about the podcast at bravotv.com. Bye, guys. Bye. Looking fine, and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy, miss me, kiss me one more time. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new. Stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Hey, you. It's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers, the super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, well, JJ, JJ, why are you, yeah. why are you whispering? Well, it, there's, there's a psst in the, in the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span. Our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests... All right, here we, we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life. And if you're yeah, a Matt Wondery fan, then you're going to... Just you come and listen to it. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.